eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, hello there, and how are you? We welcome you back to the latest and always greatest episode of Six Rings in Football Things, brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. If you haven't joined yet, what are you waiting for? FanDuel.com slash Six Rings to take advantage of their no-sweat first bets, same-game parlay offers, and so much more. With you today, here and forevermore, we know the score. It's Andy Jumbo Hart at Jumbo Hart and your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens at Fitzy GFY. On today's show, we got a couple legs here for you. Right off the top, we're going to react to the first Mayo Monday on WEEI as the coach made himself available with the Greg Hill Show. And dare I say, I don't know if she is necessarily one of his favorite R&B acts, but much like Tony Braxton sang years ago, what a breath of fresh air. I can breathe again. Gerard Mayo was utterly delightful, thoroughly informative, engaging AF, as the kids like to say. I don't even know if the kids say that. That's fine. Had plenty of riz. Plenty of riz, to say the least. Man, uh, drip, yo. No cap. Uh, I didn't see that. Okay. All right. Well, we're not really. No. All right. No cap, maybe. I, don't, I didn't see his drip or his fit. for. But uh, we do know he wants a set of Bose headphones for you. If you're not already on that, get to it. And in the back leg, we will catch you up on the latest with everything else and a little Pat's Paris. But it's mostly going to be who we talking to. Who we talking to on the coordinative front. We'll give you a little recap of who the Patriots have talked to or plan to talk to as far as special teams coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator. And maybe we'll even check in on if the Bella Chick Filet is happening down in Hotlanta. Andy, first initial reaction. Give me a couple quick seconds right off the top. Uh, we are recording just moments after we listened to the Gerard Mayo interview, his first ever. He was down the stadium. He's been working diligently like a dog ever since he was announced. He and the young Thundercat, which he explained a little bit further to. Still, it gave me a, a little more context, but at the same time, 
didn't make it any less weird that he called him Thunder seven times, eight times during the uh, inaugural presser as HC of the NEP. Um, your first thoughts, rapid fire, boom, go. What'd you think? I think Gerard Mayo is all of us. I think virtually everything he talked about are things that you and I and Patriots fans and friends and everybody has talked about going back a year, two years, you know, pulling good things from the Belichick era, maybe admitting that there wasn't a lot of talent uh, on this roster recently, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I thought it was interesting. His youthful nature, his youthful energy is there. Um, you know, he's affable. You want to talk to him. He's open. He's honest. You know, the confirming and not confirming of who he's interviewing and those types of things. But then you even got his youthful nature. And, you know, this is a word I think I've told you that bothers me. Mm-hmm. Trash. But he's like he was talking about bringing an ex-player mentality like Dan Campbell has brought to the Lions, who are, you know, in the NFC title game now. And he basically said, yeah, but if their players were still trash, people would say it's not working. And so. Uh- God, did I love that. That he was believes, so nice. He believes in the Jimmies and Joes. He believes this team more is going to need more talent. And I think we've all talked, or, or Max Confidence. How much time have we spent talking about Max Confidence the last two years? Well, Gerard Mayo's like, yeah, his confidence was a problem. It's hard when you're going through things. He said guys from all three phases were talking to Mac about his confidence and the way he was going mm-hmm. about his, like, I thought almost everything he talked about proves yet again when we observe from afar and analyze, we are generally, I, I, we have to have like an 80% success rate. Are we wrong every once in a while when we perceive body language or relationships or emotion, whatever's going Sometimes. Of course you're wrong because you're part of the negative Boston media. Nah, nah Gerard just confirmed uh, about 80% of what we've talked about for the last year plus in New England. Maybe a, maybe a little bit more as well. And I know Mac Jones caught a lot of flack for showing up at the Mayo presser in workout clothes, no less. And there were conflicting reports uh, between Mike Reese's Reese's pieces, Sunday ESPN action um, saying that like this could be seen as a positive thing that he was there. And Mayo discussed it briefly and that every player is going to get a full eval. No one has been cut. They're not committing to anybody yet. And then at the same time, you've got reports from Greg Bedard that say people thought it was a clown show and it was a total joke. And they were laughing at the fact that everyone was out on Mac and there's Mac in his workout clothes and, I'm not quoting particularly, but I think my generalizations here speak to, again, some of these splits and some of these fractures and fissures we have talked about here on this podcast for ages now. All these little minutes civil wars and Patriots Nation and the disagreements that I think somebody like Gerard Mayo, if he is able to exact his plan and if he's able to bring in the talent that he spoke to and that he believes that any good football team needs, I think he might be. A bit not only of a uniter, Andy, but a bit of a healer as well. Oh, I think, I mean, he is a people person, first and foremost. He feels like a people person, and that's um, bridging people, bringing people together. Like, he even joked about, though, we got to win more games. It won't matter if we don't win more games. He had something where he's talking about leadership, and he's like, you know, when you're winning games, you get in the middle of the huddle and go, family on three, one, two, three, family. He's like, then you lose six in a row, and people are, like, rolling their eyes, and it's stupid. Like, it's all. We've said it. Losing is undefeated. Losing kicks out. I don't care if you're the greatest leader of all time, the greatest coach of all time, whatever. You lose games. If Gerard Mayo starts next year at 0 and 8, he's gonna he's gonna struggle. I don't care how mm-hmm. friendly he is, energetic he is. I don't care how quickly he changes the page from loss one to loss two to loss three to loss four. They will compound. They will defeat him. So 
win more games, have a more talented roster. He makes it sound simple. I don't know if he's going to be able to execute it very well, but he makes it sound simple. But isn't that part of, yeah, you were talking about the fact that he's a people person, and I couldn't help but think of just like how the previous coach, uh, while folks spoke of his great intelligence and his affability off camera, not near a microphone, that he was sneaky, clever, funny, and, you know, had a great sarcastic wit about him and just sort of makes me think of like that whole office space thing. Like, I can't you see? I have people skills. What the hell is wrong with you people? Like, all right, why don't you just, instead of telling me about it, show me that. And you're right. If he starts 0-8, he can be the, the he can be the wryest, most glib, charming, affable, smoothest mofo in the world. It won't matter at all. But through the ups and downs of his growing pains as a first year coach for the Patriots and in the NFL, if they're three and four and putting forth a representative effort, what we talked about hoping to have seen from the 2023 team, if they're five and two, Lord willing, oh God forbid. He's going to be the most popular man in town. I know. I know. Don't put the no car chance. before the horse. Easy no now. Have you seen the schedule? They haven't put the schedule out just yet, but I know the opponents are tough next year. And yeah, there is a major talent deficit for sure. Again, just like I said, off top, refer like candor. Um, I think the way I would describe, you know how I, I, I spoke of this past season as a joyless experience. That's that was my main takeaway. It was a truly joyless experience on every front. I think about that Bills game, the comeback. Yeah, well, and the Bills just also lost, so the Bills really weren't that good. Yeah, but that comeback at home. Oh, Matt boy. Jones. Uh, again, I said, I said largely. I didn't say completely, wholly, or one hundred percent. It was a largely joyless experience from the preseason through the season until the very end, when Bill and Robert didn't hug in front of all of us because he had a cold. He was whereas sick. now sick of him being his coach. Yeah, right. I thought we tried to work all those out before the pod. No, I got plenty. <laughs> I, I know. Um, no, I would say um, elaboratively refreshing. Elaborative candor is how I would like to describe Gerard Mayo. He's very honest. He's frank. Uh, he's not off-putting, at least not now, because he's in the charming let me win you over phase. It's very much a honeymoon phase. But you, you, you listen to him and you think, okay. All right, here's some. All right, go on. Keep going. I like this. You know, he spoke last week so much about this being about people, building relationships, not teaching people what to think, but how to think. And if he's able to continue along this road and down this road, down this path and surround himself with people who, while they are unique and individual thinkers themselves, can plug into that kind of energy he represents and God willing, be good football people. We may start to enjoy ourselves, win or lose, preferably win again in Patriots Nation. Yeah, and he he fell back on the Belichickian, and he's, he said this in his opening press conference as well, players win games, coaches lose them. Yep. And I actually don't – I think players win and lose games. I just think that's the reality, that players win and lose. You can help them. You can put them in position, as Gerard says, but once they cross over those lines, mm -hmm. they have to perform. They have to execute. Right. They have to be – competitive with the person across from them in one-on-one -on -one battles and you know in the postseason big time players have to make big time plays like we had to witness Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey break Brady and Gronk type records you know why because eh. they're really it, there's yeah. no coincidence that those mm -mm. two teams have been to 14 straight AFC title games because they had great players making great plays in great games with the season on the line like it's about the players so as much as I say, good luck, Gerard, I know you need to win more games, but I'm not sure you're going to, and you say five and two, and I chuckle, 
if they go nail the hell out of a draft, and, and I'm not just talking about number three. I mean, nail the hell out of a draft. Three, 34. The way that it's the way, my, I was watching football Sunday, Andy, with my brother. And the first thing my brother said, uh, he was rooting for the Lions because we've got a very good, uh, he especially has a good buddy who's a Lions fan. And he's been at these last two games, uh, you know, took his mother, has a sick dad. So it's the, the whole emotional thing. And he's rooting for him. And as I am now, I'm definitely between these four teams. My my word am I rooting for the Lions. And we'll talk divisional round games in the second half after coordinator speak. But I I just I, I couldn't agree with what my brother said yesterday. He's like, he's like, yeah, Nick, like Dan Campbell's great and he represents the whole entire idea of like what it's like to be from Detroit and he can give all those speeches. They've crushed their drafts. Right. And they've nailed free agency. Like from Jameer Gibbs, that's working out. David Montgomery, awesome, fine. Panay Sewell, a, a wall that nothing gets by. The golf trade, he's actually been pretty solid for them the way Stafford helped them win a Super Bowl. And life. then and the bounty that they got back for it has been tremendous for them. And Aiden Hutchinson, holy macaroni, is that kid good? Yeah, and just like the Houston Texans got C.J. Stroud, two, uh-huh. they got Hutchinson, two. Like, they shouldn't have got him, but he's the perfect fit. Like, yep. another team allowed him to be available for the lions, but it's, it's about talent. So if they go out and nail the draft and mm-hmm. spend $247 million in guaranteed money and hit on it, it can't be, yes. can't be Nelson Aguilar and it no. can't be Johnu Smith no. and it can't like, it needs to be hit, hit, hit. It needs to be Judon and, 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 and they all need to contribute at a uh, exemplary level compared to their their salary and what you invest in them. So, and I think he knows that, but that that's the cart ahead of the horse a little bit. Like, yeah, I found it interesting that Gerard said he hasn't even moved into his office yet. Bill Belichick's office. He's still working from the same place, doing Zoom mm-hmm. interviews, trying to put his staff together. Yep. Um, uh, and hasn't actually had a particular in-person interview yet as well. Again, we'll get to the coordinator uh, interviews, what's gone on, um, who's to come, and maybe perhaps even just, a couple people that you would like to see, or I may be interested in seeing them interview. Unfortunately, one of your favorite names just recently came off the board, uh, yep. but we'll get to that in a few minutes. All right, Andy, uh, before we wrap up our immediate reaction to Mail Monday, uh, any any quotes we want to revisit in a special uh, for the audience as well? I, I, my, some of my takeaways included, I loved hearing that, you know, it, it, in, his, in his balancing act of like, I'm going to be my own man, um, you know, we're going to, we'd like to hear about the analytics, but we don't want to lean on them. His whole take on it was, I'd like the analytics to reflect what my gut tells me. That's sort of one of the things I love about Alex Cora. I feel like Alex Cora toggles gut and analytics wonderfully. Now it's too bad. Also his team is a bunch of, his ownership is a bunch of cowards that continue to raise ticket prices while they don't actually spend money on the players. Um, and they're not giving him what he needs to win in the AL East. I feel like Gerard Mayo will be allowed to spend, and we'll get to that in just a minute, to help compete in the AFC East. But I loved hearing that line. And I also loved hearing that in the balancing act of holding on to what worked for Belichick, uh, McDaniels, whomever, all the other coaches and coordinators, that they're going to remain a game plan attack and not just like, oh, it's going to be a brand new offense, like nothing you've ever seen before. Like, nope. That's one of the things that he's adopting and, and sort of like infusing into his system. Now, how they go about, quote, trying to make teams beat them left-handed we'll see but i i found that particularly interesting as well what did you what did you hear that you wanted to so i'll just respond to those two real quick the the latter one i think we all 
kind of expected simply because, well, Gerard Mayo's been in the NFL for 13 years, and all 13 years were with Bill Belichick. So for him to really go far afield from that, and mm-hmm. the details will be different. We may see an offense, and I think based on the interviews we're going to talk about, probably will see an offense that's going to be pretty significantly different. But that doesn't mean it won't be game plan oriented. And I, I love that idea. I've never understood why you wouldn't be that way. I mean, you have to look at your strengths, the opponent's strengths, the opponent's weaknesses. And each week, there's a reason you guys work so hard at four in the morning on a Tuesday, because you're trying to figure out what the matchup is and what the game plan is. So I, I loved hearing that. And as I loved, I could not have loved more the like-mindedness between Andy Hart, that's me, Jumbo Hart, and Gerard mm-hmm. Mayo. Because it sounds to me, like Gerard Mayo uses analytics the way I use PFF. If PFF agrees with me, I bring it mm-hmm. up. If not, I call them stupid. And I think Gerard Mayo is going to do the same thing with analytics. If P- if the analytics go with his gut and what he thinks they should do, he will note them. And if they don't, I think he's going to say, well, I don't care about analytics. I'm doing it my way. Hey, so, mwah, kiss off, that. huh? And that's, that's great. Why, yes, it is. It's great. If I wanted a computer to coach, I'd hire an effing computer to coach. I hired Gerard Mayo to run my effing football team. So that means not Andy, AI. my heart, my hard drive is cold. Would you please take me right. inside someplace climate controlled? Anybody can have a computer run numbers and spit out a thing, you know, whether it's whatever the hell the Red Sox call their computer. Like, that's stupid. I need a human being to know when to do things. And as Gerard, Gerard brought up, like, every game has its own details, right? Every play right. has its own. Mm-hmm. Who's in the game? It's not just it's fourth and one. Well, who's their running back? Who's our linebacker? Oh, our middle linebacker got hurt and our backup practice squad middle linebackers on the field. Oh, that might affect the play here. Does the computer know that? Does the computer run that with the numbers? Did we have time in the 35 second play clock to enter all this data in? No, you have to process the true mark of a great coach is to is to take all the history of the, the, the team, all your players, the matchups, the data that you aggregated, all your game plans, factor all that in and then still be able to make a split second decision that's for the benefit of your football team. Stuck on that AI and analytics. You can't. I'm a human. Gerard Mayo can do it. I trust Gerard Mayo. We'll see. He's 0-12. I'll start criticizing Gerard Mayo, but at this point, I'm all in. Um, GFY AI, the new mantra of the Six Rings pod. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) But in terms of quotes that I thought stood out, and I think our guy Terp is going to drop one in right here, we, we touched on it earlier, but Gerard Mayo is ready to get himself some jimmies and some Joes and whatever other names he likes to fill out this roster. The, the, the cash spending is a big fixation of mine. 31st last year, 27th, three years prior. Have you been given assurances by Robert or others that you guys will have the freedom to spend this offseason to bring in talent and free agency? We're bringing in talent 1,000%. So have a lot of cap space Love it. and cash. Yeah. Ready to burn some cash. Confirming that he's actually going to go on well, perhaps not a bit of an uncharacteristically aggressive shopping spree, but at least full well knowing like, hey, we've got a top five pocketbook and free agency wallet purse to spend from this year, and we're going to bring in talent like he he didn't even hesitate. He was like, oh, no, 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 we're going to we'll be we'll be at, we'll be at the head of the table. Like if we identify someone or some ones that we want or need, we'll spend. That's great. I think that comes from a wanting to make sure you make the good first year coach who was your choice in issuing interviews with all the other potential coaches like a Mike Vrabel and more uh, look good. And also that speaks to Robert Kraft back to, back to young Thundercat as a fan. Like, you know, what's going to make my team more fun to watch good players. 
and we didn't have enough of them recently. So Gerard, you're going to have, you're going to have access. I'm going to give you the pin. I'll, I'll share my Venmo with you, whatever you need. Here you go. Here's a night, you know, here's a hundred. Just bring me back a 20. Wow. Thanks, Mr. Th I mean, thanks thunder. Um, that's great. Also, Andy, I think we both really liked, um, uh, I don't think, I think we both sort of agree that he's not tipping his hand about the draft. So anyone who took that line from his interview with Steve Burton to mean they're going to get a quarterback at three, he talked about the fact that this is a wide receiver rich draft. For example, in his most recent mock draft, one of the better mock draft makers, if you will, mock drafters, draft analyst, Daniel Jeremiah at move the sticks has quarterbacks going one, two, three, and has receivers going four, five, six. So it, there's everybody. I never understood the reaction to the Mayo quote with Steve Burton. When everybody's like, I was taking a quarterback. Did you hear him? He said it tipped his hand. What an idiot. He's telling, um, no, Who he said, said that? um, maybe midday hosts on maybe our station. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> he, he said he was going to take a very, uh, an, a good player and an, at an important position or a very important position. The only people that have been mocked at the top of the draft, the top five to whatever picks are quarterbacks, tackles and wide receivers. The Patriots mm -hmm. happen to need quarterback tackle wide receivers. And those also happen to be, if you check the contracts across the NFL in recent years, some of the most important positions in football because quarterbacks get 200 million tackles and receivers get a hundred million, 20 something million dollars a year. So, he didn't say anything. He told you our offense blows and we need key players at key positions on our offense. And we're going to take one of those at top the draft. That's what he and told you. You, you, you wouldn't be building, a, you wouldn't be building bridges of amnesty. You would be, you would be burning them uh, and not giving a flip. If you said like, wow, I thought this offense sucked last year. Coach Belichick did a lousy job and we need to tear this mother down. Like, well, okay, hold on. Let's, let's pay due deference to the work that was done. Right. You know, this is a legacy, a, a legacy that got tattered a little bit towards the end. Let's, you know, let's look to it with reverence, but then also put our own touch on it without stomping all over it. So, yeah, I, well done. Uh, also, I think there was one more quote you wanted to share. I, I know, uh, Terp, if you can ready this one up for us, I know he was not want to discuss the future as in making predictions for how the team will do in 2024 immediately. However, when pressed about it on the Greg Hill show this morning, uh, he did respond in a way uh, I I think we all wanted to hear that gives us a little bit of confidence. I appreciated that you didn't want to set expectations too high at your at your introductory press conference, yeah. but you feel like more wins next season than than this past season. Like, is that I do feel that way. Okay, so we got you on you record. Want, you got me on record. Yeah, all right. That good. we're going to win more than four games. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on record. I'm You're on, on record. record. All Absolutely. Right, good. All right. Good. All right. All right. I mean, if you can't win more than four games, then basically you'd be telling us like, all right, check in in 2025, everybody. Like, yeah, you're, you get, you better win more than four games, at least your first we'll year. We'll see. I'd like to wait and see what the uh, Vegas number is, but um, there's a chance I'm taking the under because I think ooh, the Vegas ooh. number will be inflated because they're going to spend a lot of money and draft somebody and that'll inject some energy into Patriot Nation. But if the number is six and a half, I think I'd take the under. Terp, all right, bookmark this. We are just 21 minutes into recording here today, January 22nd, 2024. Hart and I right now are going to put out a way too early prediction on the Vegas number, the wins and losses, the wins total for the 2024 New England Patriots. You're putting it at six and a half? 
if I, I think that could be a number. They're they're a four win team that's going to invest in their team. So I think a lot the, of one score games. Sure, like the most of the NFL, just I like know, pretty I much know. everybody I'm in the just, National I know, Football I, League. I know, I know. That's a loser's lament. Oh, well, I lost a lot of one-score games. So you're That's a loser. why we didn't bring that up, though, when a lot of people online tried to be like, oh, you know, if a bunch of games went the other way, you're looking at a 9 or 10-win right. team. No, I'm looking at a 4-win team. And balls make her your uncle. All right. <laughs> it's just the reality. I know. Yeah, I'll set it at 6.5. You taking the over or the under? Over. Of course you are. I didn't know because I think they might be a seven win team. Cadlick, I bet you he'll take the over too because he thought that. Yeah, but he's he's going ten and set. He's going ten and seven. At least I was realistic this past season and said like seven or eight win team. And so, so you're going to tell me that Cadlick is a better homer than you now? Oh, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, Cadlick also doesn't take Centrum Silver now either. So you know, I was going to say he's young. He's got youthful (laughs) exuberance. He's like Gerard, bringing a new energy and a youthful way of looking at things. Whereas I'm tog, I'm still caught in between the two right now, and I got, I got to catch up. I think they might be like a six-win team. I think the, as you said, I think the opponents are pretty tough. I won't say the schedule because we don't know the schedule. I think Mm -hmm. the opponents. Now it's early, and if Mm -hmm. anybody jumps down my my throat for changing later, we haven't gotten to the end of this season yet. We haven't gotten to free agency. We haven't gotten to franchise tags. We haven't gotten to the draft. I have no idea. Trades are going to happen. I Hell, we don't know who's coaching a quarter of the NFL right now, right? So <laughs> True. don't hold me to this. I'm just saying right now, I think it's a long row to hoe. Yes, and don't worry, guys. If you do uh, crawl into Andy's mentions or angrily clap at him on a social media platform while he's waiting online to pick up pizza on Family Friday... He'll make sure to engage in an aggressive and unflattering manner. Oh, dude, that's still, that's still you and Rich Keefe discussing your Twitter clapback mannerisms may be one of the five funniest laughs I've ever had in radio. And I've been doing this for a long time, far too long for my liking. All right. He's at Jumbo Hard. I'm at Fitzy GFY. Go ahead and uh, let us know what you guys think the too early wins total will be for the Patriots. But more importantly, your initial reactions to the first Mayo Monday, the new coach. What do you think about what he's? what he laid out, what he's all about, what he's holding on to from the past, and what we have to look forward to in the future. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, here we go. in our little second leg here of our post-divisional weekend podcast. We talked about Mayo Monday and the coach's first official interview on WEEI after his introduction a few days ago. Now, Andy, let's get to the two things I'm most interested in non-Patriots-wise. Well, one is Patriot-wise, the other is non-Patriot. Let's go first with a little segment I'm calling, Who We Talking To? Uh, who are you talking to there, guy? So the New England Patriots have uh, interviewed thus far, I believe, 
four defensive coordinator candidates, them being Tim Laka, uh, Tim Labaku or Lakabu. Oh, that guy uh, from the That's Carolina line, linebackers coach from uh, the Panthers. Yeah, Christian Parker, Boston college defensive coordinator. Correct. Uh, Christian Parker, former Broncos secondary coach, Michael Hodges, Saints linebackers coach, and an internal candidate, Demarcus Covington, Patriots defensive line coach from the past season, who also has worked uh, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, no, he was actually one of the coaches at the East-West Shrine Bowl, a defensive coordinator there. I, I, I It was not the Reese's Senior Bowl with Jim Nagy. It was the other one, uh, okay, which was, was great. It was, it was one of them, one of those bowls. Special teams, they have uh, spoke to or spoken with or about to speak with. Uh, there's been Marquise Williams of Atlanta, Jeremy Springer of the Rams, and Thomas McGoey, I want to say, or Thomas McGoffey, McGahey, him, uh, from the New York Football Giants. I don't know how you pronounce the guy's name. Well, it's I MC. want no part of him. You know why? Because he was tied to the Giants for a while. Was Is he tied to Joe Judge? Uh, oh, that's an interesting question. I don't know if he was a new hire brought in with Dayball, if he was a friend of Martindale, uh, what his story is. But I, I, I don't want to go there either. He could be a due diligence interview for all we know. And as far as offensive coordinators go, this is probably the one that is of the greatest interest to all people because the Patriots didn't score a lot of points last year. No. And we are hoping they actually start doing that again. They are speaking to Nick Cayley which is has Andy super excited because he's been banging the drum for Nick Cayley, former New England Patriots tight ends coach and offensive assistant who was with the organization for seven years, seven, before departing last year to go to the Los Angeles Rams where he coached tight ends there for a particular year. So there's another coach where you get a little bit of that McVeigh with the McVeigh cologne, McVeigh adjacent, as we say here on the pod. And the other one that will be interviewed on Tuesday Zach Robinson, quarterbacks coach for the last couple of years for the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I would like to share this little nugget, Andy, for uh, if you had a chance to read it, terrific. If not, then good. We could all learn a little something. And for the audience at large, our pal Taylor Kyles, who's been kind enough to join Mike Cadlick for our weekly uh, Patriots media chat several times. Taylor does an awesome job as the Patriots beat reporter for Patriots CLNS and used to work for Pat's Pulpit and Next Gen. He got this from uh, Jordan, Rodri Jordan Rodriguez, uh, uh, who covers the Rams. Uh, she said, quote, Zach is basically in charge of this recent Rams QB renewal program, a la Baker and Wentz. He is the one they most worked with. In terms of his call experience, he did two preseason games this year. He was also in the mix for the Chargers OC job last year, and many in the Rams building thought he would get it, but then Kellen Moore became available. As for Nick Cayley, Nick is all energy all the time and a very good teacher. They have this fifth-round rookie, T.E., who looks like he could be a bonafide dude for them. That's a lot of Nick's work. I'm less certain about his play call experience, but he attacks everything with a ton of enthusiasm. So, to me, right there, those are two good interviews to start with. We don't know if he's going to bring in Troy Brown or Wes Welker. Your guy, Shane, Shane Waldron from the Seahawks, is off the board. He will now be calling plays. Likely for Caleb Williams, uh, the first overall draft pick, who will be quarterbacking the Chicago Bears. <clears throat> uh, so between those two, Andy, sounds to me like as much as we want Nick Caley to get a kick at the can because worked with McDaniels, familiar with Belichick, been around for a while, coached the tight ends during the Super Bowl run. Dante Scarnecchia was a fan of his as well, explaining to 
myself and others that the tight end coach is so intricately tied to the offensive line, the quarterback, the running backs, the receivers. Tight ends need to know everything. So that's why they make great game callers. Uh, but quarterbacks do as well because they were the ones in Zach Robinson's a former college quarterback. Between the two, do you have a favorite? And are there any other candidates you would like to see brought in? So Nick Cayley's my favorite just because I like the fact that he was here mm -hmm. with um, the staff and he think he knows the organization. I think he is not necessarily. I mean, he showed he's not a Belichick guy. He left. He, he went mm -hmm. for greener pastures and pursued other opportunities and got a sampling of the McVay tree that most people are so hot to get a part of. And that was a good offense this year, by the way. Their offensive yeah. line improved, good tight ends. I mean, and obviously, I mean, everyone that was working with Stafford and Puka Nakua, holy smokes. If you are, if you want to go young but have some ties, I like it. Now, I know some people are painting the possibility that these interviews could end up a little bit like Clem interviewing for the offensive coordinator job, and you could end up with multiple guys that you interviewed that maybe Kaylee would be an assistant to Zach Robinson or whatever, that they could be some sort of package duo. Um, I'd take that too. Um, I think you're getting into new young minds and I don't hate that idea. And, but I would lean towards Kaylee, you know, the, the whole play calling experience, you can't get experience calling plays until you call plays. Like it just, there has to be a first somewhere. There's Mike McDaniel, like all these guys need to go out on their own at some point and call plays. So that now do I wish he'd been calling plays for two years? Yeah. Cause I would have yeah. given him the play calling mm -hmm. duty. But if that were the case, Bill Belichick might still be the head coach of the New England Patriots. I think this whole last couple of years might have played out differently. You may not have had Gerard Mayo talking about Mac's confidence being broken and everything that's happened to Mac. In, like, but that that's water under the Foxborough Bridge there in the uh, Neponset River, that little teeny brook that passes by road, the access road there. Um, I, I do like I do like the point that you that you highlight here. They are getting into new, developing, brighter, young football minds. It's it's not just it's not retread city. They're looking to like again, just like Gerard Mayo said, we're going to be a game plan attack. However, we'll do things a little differently now. I am going to lean on analytics, but I'm also going to trust my gut. It's okay. Like some again, it goes like I feel like this is my new favorite thing to say, but two things can be true at once. It's like you can still like revere what Josh McDaniels did. But also weave in things that the Mike McDaniels and the and the Sean McVeighs and some newer coordinators with different uh, motion based attacks will do as well. Uh, last offseason, Nick Haley interviewed for the OC position with the Jets. They went with Aaron Rodgers' buddy Nate Hackett. That didn't work out for them at all. He interviewed for the Houston Texans. One they went with Bobby Slowick. That did work out for them as well. But of course, they had, as Mayo mentioned earlier the talent to execute the game plan and they're on a they're on a track for a brighter future with CJ Stroud, Nico Collins um and the rest of their young developing offense. The one thing you did not mention on this list uh mm -hmm. that Gerard did bring up in his meeting with the Greg Hill show crew this yes. morning is that the Belichick's do have an open invitation to return. He Correct. confirmed that they could be back here or if they want to go with their dad, he understands that mm -hmm. too. Um now that's also uh, assuming their dad finds a job because that's not quite the sure thing that it once appeared. I, to be. That was going to be our um, next topic. And that, that is very interesting to me. And but you could see Bill Belichick. Now I know Mike Reese has reported if Bill Bell, uh, excuse me, if Steve Belichick stayed that he might be in an assistant head coach role. I said, um, I said that last week, No one but I also want to know what that means. 
Is he calling right. plays? I don't really care about the title. Titles are fine. Nothing wrong with them as the great. Do you Bill think Belichick he'd? Uh, so do you think it would be like he'd be defensive coordinator? Like, like would it be like assistant head coach in name? And yeah. it would be Steve and Gerard calling defense together. Would they give Steve the assistant head coach and he would do defense with Demarcus Covington so they don't lose somebody like that who they like? Yeah. I think Jamarcus Covington, if if he stays, I think Demarcus Covington could be the defensive coordinator. I think Gerard Mayo, I mean, um, Steve Belichick could be the assistant head coach defense. I think Steve Belichick could call the plays. Now, maybe we get some, oh, is Covington doing it in the third preseason game? Some of those old Belichickian ways of getting guys involved. Um, mm -hmm. And I think Gerard would oversee it. I think actually it would be very similar, except Gerard would become Bill Belichick and then Covington and okay. Belichick would be the guys that are like day-to-day -day operations, meeting-to-meeting -meeting operations, running the defense. And Don't I like hate it. it. Don't hate I, it I at no all. No problem with it. No problem at all. Um, it's certainly the more stable side of the ball, both in personnel and in terms of coaching. Like I think people are going to be surprised if the defense stinks next year. If we're not talking about the defense being the strength of the team, it will be surprising because coaching continuity. I think some more scheme continuity, getting Matthew Judon back, getting Christian Gonzalez back, Christian Barmore going in a contract year. I think there's a lot of reasons to believe it'll almost be stunning if the defense isn't the strength of the team, isn't a pretty good unit next year. Isn't as good, if not even a little bit better. And holy, yeah. holy mackerel, the offense has nowhere to go but up after last season. Right, you got to uh, close I, the gap. I'd like to go on the record and say, go pass. I dun, 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 dun. I'd like to go on the record and say that if Bill Belichick does not get a job, I really, really hope Steve Belichick stays because I, I think it would be great. Yeah, I do. I do because I think a you and I as fans of theatra and the drama therein of sports in the modern world would love to see nothing more than not only Bill Belichick coaching it if he's going to take a head coaching job. Coaching to try to get that 300 and something win in Pasjula next year against the Patriots and to have Steve stay and have it be the Belichick bowl on top of it. I mean, can you get better regular season ratings, drama, storylines, narratives, and more? Plus, I think he's done a terrific job. I think he's been a bit underrated. Uh, and so having Steve Belichick, who, as we've noted here, gets along very well. Mayo said during his Mayo Monday appearance, once again, they have a terrific relationship. They get along super well. I love knowing that they're key, like that. They got a little brosive uh, action going on there. That's great. Um, I don't know about the special team coordinators. All I know is that they're trying to bring in somebody else and it's not going to be Cam Accord and Joe Judge. As long as they don't suck as bad as last year, that's fine. Defensive coordinator, keep funneling through that. You know, here's the one thing. Whoever's the coordinator you know Mayo's going to have quite the say in it, having been involved in the play calling and the development of the defense the last couple of years. So I would trust that an all that a Pro Bowl linebacker like himself, a Super Bowl champion, and now play caller would have um, solid input in how the defense works. And so just what to do we clarify? Yeah, um, yeah, Mayo made it quite clear it's his staff. He then said, mm -hmm. "Well, you know, Elliot Wolf and Matt Grow are helping me do some interviews and go with some stuff," but he made it quite clear that he is picking his coaching staff. He will be hiring an offensive mm -hmm. coordinator. He will be hiring the defensive assistants and all that. This he There'll be no gray area. Oh, Robert made Bill take Bill O'Brien, and he didn't want him, and then Bill pushed back by not allowing Bill O'Brien. But I heard Jonathan and Robin Glazer are picking right. all the players. 
no, this is um, this Gerard made it clear. This is his coaching staff that he's putting together. Correct. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, you, damn tootie. That's exactly how it should if be. If you expect me to make dinner, give me the sous chefs I want. Yep, yep exactly. Yeah, you can't cook dinner without, you know, being able to shop for all the groceries. Thank how you, do you spell sous chef? Uh, S-O-U-S. Sous as in under. S. It's the French for under. S-O-U-S. Sous. So, like, when you cook something, uh, just a little something else for fun. Not that you necessarily care, but since we got into the culinary world, sous vide is to cook underwater at a low temperature for a long period of time. Anyway, you're welcome. Won't I guess, drown? Guess who watched Top Chef? To, no, to the food. Damn it. All right. This is now going like the Titan Explorer. Yeah, now you've derailed your own podcast again, you son of a bitch. Uh, last thing, real quick. Um, uh, the latest on Belichick. So... It seemed like there was an awful lot of momentum building for Bill Belichick last week, like second interview, Boomer Siason, Belichick to Atlanta is going to happen. We were all preparing to hear about it like Thursday night or Friday morning before divisional weekend. Belichick is the kind of guy, though, I believe that would not want to derail or take away from steal the thunder or spotlight from uh, Mayo's intro. No, divisional weekend because he respects the NFL, the shield, the logo, the history so much. But now all of a sudden there's been a bunch of other interviews mm. and are, is that, are they checking Rooney rule boxes? Are they like, did Bill ask for too much money? Did Bill say like, yeah, I don't like Rich McKay and everyone, anyone else who has input. Like I want the whole thing to myself. And Arthur blanks like, you know, gee whiz, Bill. Like I, I really want to work with you. It seems like you'd be great, but like, wow, that's an awful lot guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's Rooney rule boxes because, you know, Joe Brady doesn't check a box for anybody or some of these younger guys that they've – and they have run the gamut from Harbaugh Vrabel to Joe Brady to Slowick, like young up-and-comers, the whole uh, – char- What's the name of the the offensive coordinator for the Eagles? Is it uh, – Brian Charles Johnson. Jo- Brian Johnson, not the Ben. They not ben. get rid of. Yeah. So, right. I mean, you have Bill Bell – you know, Everybody jumped on the Belichick versus Brady idea of mm-hmm. vying for the job, Joe Brady and Bill Belichick, because it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> Belichick Brady. Um, but I, I do think there's a chance because that power structure is um um multi-layered, multifactorial, as Theo Epstein might say, uh, in Atlanta. I could see Bill balking at that, even though people talk about he has a great relationship with Rich McKay and a history with Rich McKay. Um, I find it hard to believe he wants to answer to a GM, a team president, a head of football operations. Like, no, 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 I'm Bill effing Belichick. Maybe it still happens. I know Florio has reported that there's also teams still considering that have head coaches uh, moving on from theirs. And I know people are saying, well, the Bills lost to the Chiefs. Could it be Sean McDermott's time is up in Buffalo? Mm. Will that, you know, we've joked about it, wanting to see it. Yeah, I don't. And you know, know that's where Bill with you know, Andy, you know Belichick as well as anyone that used to work for the team or who didn't. You know, and I'm not saying like Fitzy. Are you saying you want to see Bill Belichick make it the Buffalo Bill Belt? No, I'm not saying that's what I want to see. But you have to know that he would love to coach the, <laughs> that he would love to coach the Bills because there's probably some sort of like let me stick it right where Robert likes to wear it. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, and and I think if this report is true that he's done with quote big media markets, Buffalo's not a huge media market. I think he would love Bills Mafia. He talked about the passion of Patriot Nation. I think he would enjoy the passion of running into a Bills Mafia guy at the the gas station when he's picking up you know milk on the way home. I, I think Bill could, and 
He's had an affinity ever since he said he didn't get the infatuation with Josh Allen. He has seemingly been infatuated with Josh Allen and how good he is. And, and I think he could like playing with Josh Allen. And if he gets the Josh Allen, we've seen the last two weeks, the one that doesn't do dumb things, doesn't turn the ball over, just makes plays all over the field with his big body and his big arm. I think Bill would love it in Buffalo. And yes, mm -hmm. I think there would be some gravy of twice a year. I get to beat Robert Kraft. I get to go to Robert Kraft's house and show him my that my Mayans can beat hisins no matter what. Um, not yeah. Mayans in Mexico. His, his right, 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 right. Yeah, different thing. That would be, um, that would be a little too Machu Picchu. But I'd also like to accept here. Uh -huh. I've accepted this. I wrote about it a little bit in my Sunday Seven. I think it's now becoming a realistic possibility that the music stops and all the these coaching candidates sit down and Bill's like, "Hey, um, how did I? Are there any chairs it? left? Because I don't wear bears." Bears, get me a damn chair, Bears. Um, okay, well, if that's the case, if that happens, and I agree with you. Um, which I didn't think was a possibility. I thought for sure he'd find, even if it were a limited pool, I thought for sure he'd find a job. Now I don't know. The man would definitely make the Bills, the Eagles, the Cowboys better and greater competitors in legitimate Super Bowl threats, yep. yet all seem content to hold on to the current coach who content continues to fall words. short. It's it's I, well, I mean, if uh, maybe not content or just willing, uh, resigned, willing. resign, willing, willing and resigned. OK, yes. he would absolutely make all of them better competitors. There is a chance he wouldn't. Where do you think? What would he do for that? Let's say he's forced to sit out a year. What would he do for that year? Oh, TV. I think he's interested in TV. From what I've heard, he's interested in TV. He's even talked to people about how to make himself more. Um, valuable or approachable for television. Oh, you yeah. Know, these conversations to Rico when he was raving about the Super Bowl appearance, which is now like a decade old, but, you know, they watched film together and Bill was mm -hmm. all in on it. I think he would do TV for a year because you no. don't want to go to die. The You know, you no. can do TV and get better offers at more money next year, having sat out, even though you'll be 72 years old and at the yeah, end. Yeah, Sean Payton sat out a year, and then next yeah. thing you know, wham, he's fine. Now, I know Belichick. That's what amazes me. Sean Payton can't hold Bill's jock. And Sean Payton gets traded to the Broncos and like you, some billionaire finds a way. Now, maybe Bill doesn't want to dance with certain people. Maybe he has mm -hmm. his own limitations. That could be a possibility. But I feel like Bill at the Combine the year when he said, I can't believe there's no place in the NFL for Mike Shanahan. I feel the same way about Bill. I can't believe there are 32 teams and there's not going to be a seat for Bill Belichick somewhere next year. Uh so between you know, the five, I don't think Bill's been great in recent years, but I, I, I do indeed. The number of but, stiffs but, that coach in this league, the, the the boobs that are on the sideline week in and week out across this league. But of all the broadcast outlets where Belichick could go work, you have the ESPN ABC combo, CBS, yep. Fox, NFL Network, and Amazon. ESPN. Put him on ESPN said, with Rex Ryan. But can you oh, which would be oh be amazing. But could you imagine give them their own show? Every other two person shouting sports person show can kick rocks without socks. Give me Belichick and Rex Ryan just once a week, even for 30 minutes or an hour. And it would be so awesome because ratings Rex bonanza. Rex Ryan would yell things and like be all hot and bothered. And then Bill would say like four quiet words and Rex Ryan would be like, Yeah, you're right. Yes. Yeah. The humbling. It would the show should be called The Humbling. Absolutely. There you go. Oh you're welcome. God. ESPN, you're welcome. Again, the Six Rings podcast is out ahead and in front of it as always. Although, you know, Belichick would never say yes. The person who would offer him the most money would be Bezos. Probably. Because I, I don't think Bill. Yes. Yeah, uh, I don't think he. I bet he's you're like familiar oh, with so the wait. million dollar man. Everybody's um, got a price. So, wait, hold on. So um, it's not actually a TV network. How am I supposed to get this? Bears, where do I watch myself again? <laughs> Can you get that stream going? 
No, hey, not that one. The other stream. Hey, hey, Bears, a new sitcom coming to the NFL Network this fall, starring Brian Cranston as Bill Belichick and the guy who played Phil Dunphy uh, from Modern Family as Bears and Jerry. Oh, I know who that is. Okay. See, there you go. Um, all right, real quick, Andy, let's just give the people, because um, they'll hear about us talking about it this week on the Rich Keefe Show, but right as we tail out of this, we're just coming off a very exciting divisional weekend. Three of the four games especially were excellent, down-to-the-wire, last-minute finishes. Um, okay, Houston, you, 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 did, you did exactly as you were supposed to. Like, you made it to the dance. Good for you. You won a playoff game. But in the second half... thoroughly outclassed. Exactly. And LaMarvelous showed you exactly why he's arguably the best player in football right now and tough to root against. and can just do things that no one else can do on the field. Yep. They have to be not only the favorite to come out of the AFC, but the favorite to win the Super Bowl with the way they played in that second half. Well, Saturday night in the logo. So whatever. There we go. Hey, yeah, if you buy it shall be. conspiracies Please tell me you don't buy into that, please. Tell I, me you no, of course not. God. OK, because I yelled Good at my Lord. wife over dinner last night for like 15 minutes about that. Uh, that sounds like a YP and not an MP. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, what you couldn't yell at someone in line waiting for a pizza, so you had to yell, yell at your wife. We were waiting for wings, actually. But, you know, <laughs> um, do people actually believe it's rigged and fixed? And there's no, they're just they're just the looking. No, they're just looking for clicks, quote tweet quotes, and content. That's all they're okay. looking for. So yeah, Lamar Jackson's um, awesome. The Ravens are the team to beat. Yep. Uh, Saturday night, the wrong team won. Um. For like 50, I would say of the 50, 60 minute game, the Packers were the better team for about 50. Um, at San least. Francisco, at least. Yeah. They dominated. Um, yeah. They, you know, they they legitimately did. They should have been up by seven, 17 points. Instead, they lose a heartbreaker, 24 21. And as much as I want to give them their flowers and say, well, look at the youth movement, there's no one over the age of 30 on this team. All the receivers and tight ends are, are first and second year players. You don't always get opportunities like this. Dan Marino and I, lesson one. Dan and I'll Marino. tell you what. I Exactly. It is the Marino principle. We shall dub it the Marino principle here on the Six Rings podcast. You cannot assume any of this. I don't know if you saw that uh, video that was that went viral Sunday morning. The pass Jordan Love made when he didn't need to with just under a minute left to midfield was oh. the exact same bad pass that Favre made in a Vikings uniform to ruin their chance at winning an NFC championship. Had the Packers prevailed, was about 20 years of experience. <laughs> I know, but ultimately similar, though, which is crazy. That said, if the two teams had a chance, if the Packers advanced and they played the Lions, I would have taken the Packers. Um, I probably would have, too. I like the Packers right now. I think I, oh, yeah. they, they just lost to football math, the old school football math, where seven beats three every time. You can't kick field goals. You can't go in the red zone that often and come away with six points on four drives right. or whatever the hell it was. You just you'll you'll lose. You always regret it. And they learned that lesson. And Left I think money on the table. Love, yep. Jordan yep. Love learned his lesson. Like, know the situation. That was not a gotta go for it, you know, no matter what here situation when he threw that ball and it it burned him. It it just did. But they're a their future is bright. You're right, you don't assume, but when you have that many young weapons and Aaron Jones is what changed that team is his was it five straight games with a hundred yards? He bounced Dude out found the a second wind. Yep. Holy moly. He changed that team. But wow. uh that was disappointing because I just I hate to see teams play that well and lose. And yeah, it just it I don't of... know. And there's something likable about them too. Like the young receivers oh, yeah. are a bu- are a lot of fun. They all do different things. And I, I just love like 
I kind of love the whole Jordan Love thing. Like, you know, Aaron jo- Aaron Rodgers walks out of town like, put this in your Gouda cunst. I'm, I'm done with this place. Like, I'll, like, I'll go somewhere else, whatever. Have fun with Jordan. Now, he's been effusive in his praise for Jordan Love. Maybe not so much the head coach, management, ownership, et cetera. Although they are the people's team. Um, I just kind of love the fact that they're like, hey, Aaron, you know what? Um, we're going to go further than we did with you. And we probably should have done one thing that you never really could do which was beat the 49ers as well. Like the future, if they can keep that focus, if Lafleur Lafleur can improve his in-game coaching just a bit, if they can coach out the Farvian tendencies of love and maybe just maybe get like whoever the highest price safety that might not be Kyle Duggar on the market and have a good draft. The pack is going to be competing with the lions for the NFC North and for a super bowl appearance for a while to come. They're great. The flip side of that game is I thought Brock Purdy was thoroughly unimpressive, was not very good. Um, I don't know if it was small hands, wet ball. They had that one highlight of something I've never seen with a guy drying his hand off mid play. He took his right hand off the ball, wiped it on his hand, picked it and then threw it. But you could tell from minute one, I think his first pass was like a swing pass to McCaffrey on the left that Mm -hmm. he threw right into the ground. And I was like, uh, what's Uh that now? What, What are you doing? You should be able to shot put that over there. Also, um, Christian McCaffrey, when healthy, is just so effing good. He he, he changed the league. He changed the absolute league. You know, it was too bad that Debo goes out, um, you know, including for my parlay that had Debo over 60 yards from scrimmage that Mm -hmm. I would have liked to have nailed but didn't because he was out. Um, I I, The NFC title game with the Lions uh, taking care of their business blowing out uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay sort of, I guess, midnight struck a little bit on them. Um, the Lions Although I do played. like Baker Mayfield. I, I hope he stays sure. in Tampa. Like, good but, for him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You hope he stays in Tampa? Well, I mean, if he comes to New England, he may well win the starting job for a couple of years, which wouldn't necessarily be such a bad thing. So, uh, so as no, to I'm allow- advocating that Jordan Love is the latest example of forced red shirt years for drafted quarterbacks. Yeah. Owners, you can't mm-hmm. play them year one. Because you're ruining more than you are helping. Yes, there's a C.J. Stroud, but for every C.J. Stroud, there's three Bryce Youngs and a Zach Wilson mixed in with mm-hmm. a Mac Jones or whoever else. So forced red shirt years. I don't. I, Baker Mayfield has been really good this year. Um, yeah, yes. in that game. I mean, his first pick, he hit Mike Evans in the hands. It's not his fault Mike Evans deflected it like a freaking set in volleyball. And the last one was, you know, just trying to make a play, down a touchdown, a minute left. That that was a Baker Mayfield pass. No, but dude, they they absolutely love him there. Dude can still spin it. He's got the chutzpah, the stones, the moxie, all those intangibles as well. He's a gamer. Shame on you for letting him walk out the door and never showing him any love for winning your first game after forever. And also your first playoff game in forever Cleveland, but he'll be, he could potentially be available. I had heard tale of, you know, the, on WFAN, our sister station this morning, they were talking about, yeah, he could maybe do three for one twenty with 60 million guaranteed, like a Daniel Jones esque deal for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. That ain't going to happen in new England. Um, I don't know. They got cash to burn according to their head coach. Who's making a lot of decisions right now. I, I, I have no idea. I don't think it's going to happen. I still think they're going to draft a quarterback, but um, Baker Mayfield or Kirk Cousins? Uh, Baker Mayfield. I think I would go Baker Mayfield, too, Um, because I think Baker Mayfield, for all his faults, has been through enough that 
This is not a ready-made team. A ready-made team, I'd take Kirk Cousins. If I had all the pieces, I'd say Kirk Cousins can win. Yep. But I think you can Baker, just drop him, drop him yeah. in for modest success. Whereas Baker, like, knows what it's like to eat s and have right. to turn. Yeah. No. I so I okay. Um. But getting back to the NFC title game with. I think I am the only person on the planet that roots against the Lions because I hate Jared Goff. I despise Jared Goff. I thought he was soft as puppy poo at times in that game. Um, I think the 49ers, assuming it's not raining and assuming Purdy can play representative football, um, I think the 49ers are going to curb stomp the Lions. and just Wow. Absolutely- I think Jared right. Goff will be a puddle of goo and poo mixed on the uh, surface. We'll see if that offensive line and the kneecap biters have anything to say about that. We will get to that later in the week when we make our – Championship Sunday predictions. Um, couple last words here because we're a little over time, but we're still having fun talking football with you, good people here on Six Rings. We got to talk Bills Chiefs. I I know that's what I'm saying. Uh, the best I just episodic like, television in all of sports. I, I mean, each and every year these guys just go at like four years in a row. The Bills have been bumped from the playoffs unceremoniously. Three out of those four, it has been at the hands of the Chiefs in an AFC Championship. And then in a divisional round, the famous 13 seconds game or infamous, depending on where you're from and who you root for last year, they just completely no show because they were emotionally spent in the divisional round against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And this year in a game, quite frankly, they should have won. Yeah. Not only do they, not only do they not at least push it to overtime, but they have to live with the two worst words in the history of Buffalo and Buffalo sports wide, right? hanging over their head for at least another offseason. And oh, by the way, if you haven't seen, the likes of Adam Schefter have tweeted this out, if you haven't seen the number of free agents and contracts they have to deal with this offseason, Buffalo's like already $50 million over the cap next year. Steph Diggs has lost a step. Gabe Davis might cash in somewhere else. Yes, I know Khalil Shakir is a real ball player. He's Mm, excellent. That's my guy. I know you and Giardi both you and Giardi, but I know all of us did you and Giardi most especially as well. Uh, James Cook breakout season. That's great. Kincaid real deal. Holyfield and uh, Dawson Knox, not too shabby either, but they got some issues to deal with that. That said, what a game. What? I I mean, what a game will be fine. Um, Josh Allen is one of my three, four, five favorite players in the NFL to watch. Um, As I tweeted last night, you people that root against him and think he's a turnover oh, machine and this and that. Uh, I went a long time, uh, 54 minutes in before my first you people. That's going to be a new record here. He's got, me. he had over 50 combined touchdowns on the season, he's even though that involved two playoff games. Yeah. He's awesome. Like, if you don't like watching him play, you don't like football in my opinion, because mm-hmm. he is football, um, especially the modern football. And I know he flops a little bit, but even that is part of modern football. That's just the reality, but he missed a touchdown. Um, Diggs dropped Diggs the touchdown troll. and Bass missed a kick. Like they can't, there's they have to be Spider Man meme if they want to point fingers because they're all pointing at each other. And the margin for error against Kansas City, when Kansas City even doesn't have their A game or their best game going, is yep. this slim. When Kansas City kind of does, that was the best their offense. That was like their second best offensive performance of the year. You had Valdez Scantling making a couple catches. You didn't have any dropsies. Rasheed Rice was playing well. Isaiah Pacheco doing his thing and I mean, Jason, not Travis Jason doing his thing up in the crowd and both of them, both of them doing this. Oh my God. If you're not a Jason Kelsey, the fact that he took over the game and people were like, Taylor, who's there. I saw this, the big shirtless dude who shared a shot of his phone that the dot, like 
He had Mama as the name of his wife, and Mama texted him mid-game and said, tell Dad his boobs are showing on TV. Oh, my. If you don't love, and then yet still, he grabbed a young Bills fan and brought her into the booth so she could wave hi and say hi to Taylor Swift. Like, I'm sorry. He's the yep. he is the best freaking guy in the NFL. Well, I, and fun. I think Travis Kelsey's a fraud. I think Jason Kelsey's genuine. I'm a big Jason Kelsey fan. Now I know he's also a lineman, and they they're better dudes, and they just live in a different world. Yeah. But to me, the photo that or the lasting video photo memory isn't him in the crowd. It isn't even him up front doing his thing. It's when Mahomes' wife and Swift are like celebrating and going nuts, and in the background you just see Jason Kelsey with his boobs out, just drinking a beer like this his in the background. Big hairy belly, and he murders a Labatt's, and then just throws it. He must have had at least twenty Labatt's. Got oh, he was well. It started. You see him drinking out of a bowling ball in the parking lot. Oh yeah, that's that. So Pinto Ron, the world famous Buffalo Bills tailgater, who no. cooks bacon on the hood of his car pizza in a file cabinet and they do shots out of a bowling ball he visited the famous tailgate which i'm sure will be detailed on the new heights podcast uh you haven't lived until you've done a shot out of the bowling ball by the way yeah i'm good it's good times i don't like to do shots in general but neither do i i stopped doing shots years ago but that said if i was ever to do one again it would definitely be out of pinto ron's bowling ball uh Oh yeah, dude was a dude was a mood and a vibe and everything all together and just added to the theater of it. Um I honestly I I was too sleepy because I was sick this weekend to tweet very much out over the weekend and nobody missed those tweets at all. But that said, nope. I would say so, eh, go after yourself. I would absolutely right now 100% if you told me like you can see would you sign on for Chiefs Bills at that kind of level for the next 3 to 5 years? Hell yes I would. Because while people want to make their jokes about like, that's not Brady versus Manning, that's Brady versus Rivers, or that's that's Brady versus Roethlisberger. Okay, but at the same time, Brady Manning was super lopsided to a point until the other one broke through, and then the playing field leveled up a little bit as well. This is definitely the closest thing we have. Not Burrow Mahomes. Uh, Allen versus Mahomes is your new Brady Manning, or the closest thing to it, and it's great earmuffs to Patriots fans because they don't want to hear this reality. Um, but if you get Joe Burrow back healthy, I would love yeah, I'd sign up for like five years of Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes being the yeah. divisional round weekend, whatever combinations you want to put together before you go mm -hmm. to the AFC title game with those combinations. I mean, those four guys are, I think personally, four of the most talented and also fun to watch football players the NFL has to offer. And oh, that's yeah. why I actually wrote in my Sunday seven, that chiefs bills game was a reminder to the Patriots, like what you used to be both in terms of dominated the division, always went to the AFC title game chiefs and bills. And also what you're not close to being, because they have franchise quarterbacks that they can just pencil in for the playoffs. And you don't, you were there. They wanted to be you. They surpassed you, and now you want to get back to them or at least near them and hopefully one day again on the top as well. Look, you tell me the Patriots made it back to the wild card round within the next two seasons. They have a winning record, and they're fun to watch. Please, yes, boy, howdy, and thank you. I am in. And we are out. That is your Six Rings and Football Things podcast. A whole lot of everything. Mayo Monday, the coordinator search. Who are you talking to? Divisional round reactions the Belichick latest, and so much more. We'll be back in a couple days. I'm sure Mike Catholic will have a little something to offer midweek as well. We'll give you our championship Sunday predictions. And if anything changes at any point in Patriots Nation, you can always count on you guys, Fitzy and Hat, to jump right into the sixth ring and tell you what's up. For Terp, 
For everyone at WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports, this has been the latest and always greatest six rings in football things. We bid you good day. God bless. And as always, excuse me, wait a second before I wrap up. Just our thoughts and prayers go out to our pal Doug Kide of the Boston Herald, uh, whose young daughter Hallie lost her battle with leukemia at the age of two over the weekend. Um, it's heartbreaking. It's jarring. It's nauseating. It's every parent's worst nightmare. It's also just a nightmare if you know Doug, if you know anyone, if you consider anyone a colleague, a friend, or someone you say hello to when you pass by them in the hallway on the way to work, or if you're just playing a decent person and a human. Uh, no one should ever have to know that struggle, that heartbreak, or that sorrow. And um, Doug, we love you, buddy. Our thoughts are with you. Our thoughts are with your family. There is a GoFundMe you can contribute to. You can also send him a nice message on Twitter. It's at Doug Kyed, K-Y-E-D. And hopefully uh, some of us uh, that are podcasters, reporters, personnel, whatever, a bunch of us are hopefully going to get together sometime soon at one of our favorite breweries, put together some sort of show for money to help the family, a memorial, a scholarship, whatever it may be. But in the interim, send good thoughts, hug the ones you love, make every moment count. Um, and enjoy what you got because you never know when it's going to go. Um, to the Kide family, we send nothing but the best. And to you, the listeners, thanks as always. Um, that'll do for now. Uh, go Pats. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you soon, everybody.